Rangers and Angel Grove residents, welcome to the Sentai Truther Club. I am your host, Grav, and with me is my lovely co-host, Kennedy. Hey! <clears throat> we also need to clear our throats in here. And we have <laughs> our... <Hey. laughs> we have... <laughs> we have our... Our esteemed guest, Brigadier Sanders, Briggs himself. How are you doing today? After 10,000 years, I'm free and doing well. <laughs> Briggs, what country are you joining us from? I'm joining you from the lovely country known as the Netherlands. How is the Netherlands at this time of year? At this time of day, it's, uh, it's fine. It's I fine. see. I see. Okay. It's uh, quite dark. <laughs> Ah, really? Ah, yes, time zones. You love to see them. What have you been up to lately? Nothing much, really. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Nothing uh, particular. I have been uh, watching a lot of Power Rangers the uh, last few days. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, as we have all. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so say we all. Um... Fucking 52 episodes in, a, in one season. Jesus. <laughs> So what what's your experience with Power Rangers? Well, I came to know about it because um, when I was in elementary school at about uh, four or five years old, a friend of mine brought uh, to my attention. Uh, so uh, so I, uh, when I went into the shops uh, with my mom, I uh, saw a, a videotape of I think it was the the pilot episode called again uh, Day of the Dumpster. Yeah, I think. that's a great episode. Fantastic episode. It is a great episode. I mean, come on, I... they're they're fucking astronauts. <laughs> uh, uh, it's it's read us uh, uh, after ten thousand years. I'm free. It's it's great. It is. Uh, it really is fantastic. I think I gave it stuff. like an, yeah. a nine or an eight. I think I think I gave it a nine. I... One of you gave it an 11 out of 10, didn't you? I gave the, <laughs> it's the, I gave the intro song an 11 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was uh, not happy to hear that. I, I was like, oh, it's out of 10. It's out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's a great opening song, and it's, it's, it's a great episode. Does the Netherlands have, like, a huge... Power Rangers fan base? Probably not uh, at the moment, but uh, when I was a kid, I, I think the, there was quite a hype for it. And yeah, it, it was great. Lots of my friends uh, were f uh, fans of it, and there were awesome toys for it. Uh, I, I used to have uh, the blue and yellow Rangers uh, uh, toy, and if you pressed their uh, belt buckle or uh, morpher, the hat would change from Billy to uh, the uh, blue Power Ranger helmet. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I had. I that, had that, that's an awesome toy. Every toy that transforms, that's that's great. I, I bring this fact <laughs> up every time, and it's mostly because if anyone subscribes to this podcast and listens to this episode, I want them to know that if they want to see Power Rangers, uh, all of these seasons in HD, um. We really do need it in physical. Otherwise, it's only Netflix. Because, you know, yeah. you know how you guys have Region 2 DVDs and like Region 2 oh, Blu-rays? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
a region to a, a DVD player and you probably need a power converter uh, because uh, we have, uh, I think, uh, 220 uh, volts over here. And <laughs> I think you have 120 volts over there. And you have uh, uh, 50 cycles uh, uh, and we have uh, 60 uh, hertz. So it's... So many, so many wonderful things. <laughs> You you need an entire room full of converters just to watch the <laughs> <laughs> Blu-ray version of the Power Rangers, which apparently uh, uh, you were talking about. It's only DVD quality or something, but they have everything on a Blu-ray uh, yeah. uh, disc. It's capitalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's capitalism, great, baby. baby. It's great. <laughs> but but it was probably filmed on. Uh, 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 video rather than um, film. I, I I'm assuming. You think probably so? so? I was thinking. Yeah, I, I, I think so because you wouldn't know this because the episode hasn't been out yet. But I talk about it a hmm. little bit. But Netflix's upscaling isn't. It's not native, right? Because it's not like they're taking the actual like hmm. film grain footage and then just throwing it on the you know throwing it into a digital format. Uh, they're yeah. actually using like their own I guess internal AI upscaler to upscale yeah. the footage to 1080p. Right. The problem is, yeah. is that it gets really chunky when you like pan the camera around. I can't stress that yeah, enough yeah. that it, it is, and like I, I mention this every time because Kennedy and I watch a lot of Power Rangers, right? Because like even with the filler Turned guide, out. yeah, even with the filler guide, every season, almost every season's like 20 plus episodes. So like, yeah, it's, always distracting the the chunkiness of the the ai upscaling is 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 it just never goes away like it it's not one of those things that like it's not like a crease or something right where like like a folding phone where like the more you look at it the more you get used to the way it looks it's not like that at yeah. all it's more like because it happens so erratically because most of the time it's static like the direct the the what is it the yes. kennedy help me with the title for a person what? who sets up a scene, the cinematographer. Oh, yeah, yeah. The the cinematographer typically does like static angles. They don't pan the camera a lot, but when they do, man, it's like the the it's like a video game, like trying to play a video game on Intel HD graphics. Like the frame rate <laughs> just drops to like twenty frames per second as the the camera just tilts to the side a little. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of uh. uh... HD upscaling. That's exactly the problem uh, uh, that uh, uh, Star Trek uh, Deep Space Nine has, because that was also apparently filmed on uh, video, while uh, the Next Generation was filmed on film. So there are excellent uh, HD uh, uh, versions on Net Netflix of uh, uh, the Next Generation. It, it, it looks amazing, but because they used uh, video for uh, Deep Space Nine comparatively it, it looks way worse so i read an article about uh, some guy uh, using ai uh, for um, great upscaling uh, for, for deep space nine just because uh, it, it's a great show i i don't know if you guys have read uh, yeah. it yeah yeah, oh, yeah yeah i was never a it's star a, trek guy like i i think like when it, i was a kid my my stepdad so my the story goes like my stepdad I, I was a Star Wars fan, right? I, I Every mm. kid loved Star Wars, at least at the time, before they ruined it with the new J.J. Abrams trilogy. Uh, this was also, like, <laughs> mind you, like, 
I got introduced to Star Wars through the toys. I didn't get introduced to the movies. The first movie I ever saw, I think, was like bits and pieces of episode one on the TNT channel. The The thing about it was, was that like, I liked lightsabers. I had the Nintendo 64 game. Later on, my stepdad was like, well, if you like Star Wars and stuff, check out Star Trek. It's the better show. And he put on an episode. I don't remember which Star Trek it was, but he put on an episode and I watched and I was like, this is so boring. And then he was like, oh, you want to continue watching? I was like, no, I'm good. I think I was like, <laughs> I think I was like maybe nine or 10. Yeah, that's the yeah, I, wrong I, way. I, I can see how. Someone. Yeah. And I think since then, Sorry? I just kind of haven't been interested in it. Yeah, I, I can see how if you're a nine year old and, uh, <laughs> and, and your dad says, well, if you like Star Wars, that thing full of action. The worst part Look is, is that it was my stepdad. So it was like he yeah. was actively trying to impress me. Yeah. Yeah, let, <laughs> oh, like, no. <laughs> Look at this bald guy uh, uh, using facts and logic to, to uh, <laughs> fucking <laughs> save this diplomatic mission that all, almost went awry. Yeah. Stepdad, come on. The Jedi sucks. didn't do that. The Jedi used their lightsabers <laughs> to, satis to settle a trade deal. <laughs> There, there are no cool weapons in Star Trek. I'm just gonna be real. I love Star Trek, but there's no like, they have like these phasers that just look like yeah. a little like medical device or something. Like they don't look cool at all. Um, I mean, actually, I, I guess like the Batleth, like the Klingons have like a couple of things that are like kind of yeah, not as bad. Every, but, but everything, like, uh, everything, uh, uh, Starfleet. It's more about the ships, right? Cool. Even um, the ships are kind of whack, to be honest. Oh no! Well, like, <laughs> I'm just gonna. Oh, put, no. I'm, gonna be, I'm a huge Star Trek fan. Anybody knows me knows this about me. But everybody knows this. Very few Star Trek ships are even that cool. Most of them are pretty. Eh, like they no. make sense from a hard sci-fi perspective more so than some other shows and things like where the ships look cooler. But even still, it's like it's not like they're really like that realistic. So you can't be like, oh, they're super realistic. So they just like they look kind of ugly for these reasons that add like a tiny 10% realism for like no real benefit, in my opinion. Right. The, the sapio, the sapiosexual uh, of all the sci-fi TV shows. <laughs> no, that's Firefly. Oh, really? <laughs> Called oh. out. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, i love firefly i've never watched what? it i've always been intrigued um i i've um uh, watched uh firefly uh while pretending it was a, a spin-off of uh the series uh two guys a girl and a pizza shop <laughs> if, if you ever <laughs> if you're familiar with the, uh, that comedy series uh it, it's great uh the the captain from uh, uh, from Firefly in Two Guys, a Girl in the Pizza Place or whatever it's called, uh, is a janitor in there, and it's it's so great to to like think to yourself, oh man, he went from being a janitor to being a captain of a ship. Oh man, that's so cool. Well, it's it's totally not it's totally not uh, not a, a spin off of it, but it's very cool to think uh, that it is. 
So I was actually having a Twitter exchange with Kenzo Shibata earlier today about how my political takes are great, but my sci-fi takes will eventually get me canceled. And I think Firefly is kind of trash. Don't at me. <laughs> um... <laughs> Shots fired, Firefly. Firefly was another, like, that, th that whole era of TV, like that and Freaks and Geeks and stuff like that. I was too young to get into it, and I got introduced to it, again, the wrong way. Because, <laughs> like, I, because uh, I got interested in Firefly because of the Serenity, like, DVD that came out at Walmart. And they were like, no, on sure. DVD, Sarah, uh, and then you saw, they were like, it's the conclusion to the Firefly franchise. And I was like, you know what, that's pretty cool. I've seen a couple board games. But then again... I never, I never watched Serenity either. It was just one of those things where I was like, ah, you know, I'll get around to it. And then like Freaks and Geeks, I got introduced to it because uh, this was circa 20, 2012, I think, or something, somewhere around there. I think it was the like 20... Was ending. Think, End of the world. No, 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 no. Actually, it wasn't 2012. I think it was like 2013, 2014. Actually, yeah, it was 2014. And uh, my stepdad at the time... He was like, have you ever listened to this rapper called Childish Gambino? And I was like, no. So he showed me some songs. and He ruined Childish Gambino for you? Childish Gambino sucked ass. I, I think I still... Oh, come on. I still, don't, I still don't really like Childish Gambino that much, if I'm being completely honest. But he introduced me to that song. I think it was Freaks and Geeks. And I was like, this guy sounds extremely corny. Cool. So yeah, just like... All of that early 2000s era of like sci-fi and teen culture and stuff like that just straight up got ruined for me. I couldn't, <laughs> I, I got introduced to all of that stuff in the wrong ways. The Star Wars stuff, I didn't get introduced to the wrong ways because you know where I started at Star Wars? I started with the kids books that are now worth like $80 because they're trade paperbacks and they're never getting re-released. <laughs> they're, they're not even canon anymore. Yeah, they're not. But they're way better, aren't they? Yes. The, the, the stories there I, I are a lot better. Yes, than... and no. There's really good stuff in the old non-canon stuff. There's also some really questionable stuff, which is why they like partially erased the canon, I think. It's just because like, at a certain point, it just like had stopped making sense with like some of the books that were out there. <laughs> but uh, they should have kept some of it. Oh, dude. like The highs yeah. of some of those books were amazing. Um, and that's actually how I learned about the events of episode one, because I could never, like, even though I was a kid, I never could stand watching episode one on the, <laughs> on the TV. It was, it was very boring. And, um, like the, pod racing was the, cool, but like, that's like, oh, that's, episode one. Yeah. that's like 10 minutes of a two hour movie. Uh, so it's just not worth it. Yeah. And the Darth Vader fight, right. That was really cool too. But Outside of that, my only introduction to Star Wars was uh, cool toy lines and the books. And I was very grateful for that as a kid. Uh, but between that, yeah. that was around that time, too. That was actually when I was into Power Rangers. It all blend together into the, the, the person you see before you today. A man who is, who is watching seasons of Power Rangers for a podcast. Let's talk about great sci-fi, by which I mean the Power Rangers. <laughs> you know, is is Power Let's... Rangers sci-fi? Yeah, well, yeah, it is. Sure. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. It's I'd just weird so. to think about it. You just kind of think of it as like an action adventure like TV show, 
I'm getting into like Actually, video game I, jobs I, here. I would say that Maybe, Power uh, Rangers is that rare science fantasy, you know? Like the thing that actually qualifies on that level. Okay. Yeah. 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 It has like so, a. So, uh, I'm not gonna lie. It kind of has hero? like a Legend of Zelda type of feel to it. <laughs> I don't know. Like I get those vibes of like this is a world of like fantastical things, right? So you just want to dive deep as a kid. You know, you want to get like, engrossed in it. It's like super technology and magic blended together in these ways that don't have to be explained and. You know, it's just what it is. It, it is. And you know what? Uh, <laughs> you know what? I, I want to preface. I, I know, like, we've been beating the bush on getting started on their favorite picks. But I want to preface this that we need to do some housekeeping here. And, like, this season. Am I fired? This season. Oh. Yes. <laughs> uh, maybe if you're, if I was Sabin, you would be. Um, so. <laughs> Man, dude. By the way, is it Saban or Saban? I, I've all, always pronounced it as Saban. It's probably Saban. That sounds no better. Anyways, so it depends on what part of the country you're from. Saban, <laughs> <laughs> Saban, like, damn near got this show canceled because of the, the oh. shit that they were doing with the staff. Like, he almost torpedoed this entire show this season. So I think... Yeah. You could tell by the worst episode, and we'll get into it, but there was a lot of labor issues that happened, and the episodes that take place this season, where it, it deals with the ramifications of the behind-the-scenes labor issues, are fucking terrible. Like the, like, and like one the of them conference? we're going to talk about today. Yes. <laughs> what, one the of them we're going to talk about today, but it's it's really bad, man. Um, And it, it damn near, like... it. Like, we watched the mutiny, and then Kennedy were like, Kennedy and I were like, we're kind of deflated on this season. <laughs> like, this might be, like, a crucial, this might be a trying time for us, right? This is like a crucible, almost. Because of all these labor issues happening in the background, because they didn't move on to the new season, we got treated to some of the worst episodes. But for right now, we're going to just focus on... Basically, what seemed to have been a unifier between Kennedy and I. This is different than our season one. I was completely, I had completely different picks when we did our best and worst for season one. This time, I'm actually kind of on the same page as you. <laughs> yeah, so like this time around, when we did our favorite picks and our worst picks, I made limits. So that way, like our guests wouldn't just get like 12 episodes to watch in a short <laughs> amount of time. I made sure it was at least like, Thank I you think, very much. I think like five is like good, right? Because like five, they're 20 minute episodes. You can skip the introductions. You can fast forward through the through the like transformation sequences if you want to and stuff like that. So it would end up becoming like less than an hour experience. And then we watch this season and we're going, Kennedy and I are both going like, we're agreeing on the same episode, one of the two episodes that we picked. Uh, and we're agreeing on the worst episode. So realistically... Instead of having to watch five episodes, Briggs only had to watch four. You've been a little robbed here, and I'm sorry to say it, but we'll make it up to you in the future, I promise. Already called the cops. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. Please, please don't. So we're going to go ahead and start with our mutual favorite pick, Missing Green. Mm -hmm. Kennedy, what happens in Missing Green? I mean, Missing Green revolves around basically like 
Tommy's temporary powers are now gone. Two thirds into season one, we've been wrestling with this. Tommy's powers are like shaky all the time thing. Um, now it's Tommy's powers are gone. And this is like getting in Jason's head in a big way because he feels responsible for Tommy originally losing his powers with the green candle. So Jason's all fucked up at the start of Missing Green. He's all in his feelings. He can't even do a karate kick because he's so in his feelings. It's bad. And Missing Green also brings back the threat of the candles, which, you know, from like a, an objective like standpoint, it's like a candle is kind of a weird thing to be afraid of. But, you know, it's a kid's show. It's fine, first of all. And it's like, second of all, in the green candle, I, I think, Grav, you would probably agree with this, or I don't know, maybe you wouldn't, but I'd like to hear either way. Like, that candle ends up being, like, one of the most potent things Rita ever does. Yes. And so the threat of candles, these power-sucking candles coming back, is actually kind of a massive threat, I think. I will say... There is only one thing more powerful than the candles in Power Rangers so far, and that is brainwashing or mind control. Like yeah. that, that those two things combined seem to be the most powerful thing. I don't understand why the Power Rangers helmets don't protect you against brainwashing, right? Because like there is a couple of times where they will like <laughs> brainwash the Rangers while they're morphed up. But yeah, it seems like those two things are the most powerful things. And yeah, you're right. In the last season, I didn't pick the candle as like one of my favorite episodes. I don't think you did either, but I think we both agreed that those that that whole green candle thing was like an eight out of ten. But that was one of the best arcs there. So in Missing Green, Zed is like, well, why not just do a candle for all of the Rangers? Except Jason. Except Jason for some reason, right? Is that just plot convenience, you think? Was that explained? I well, kept waiting to see if it would be explained because there's rules to the wax as established in the green candle. Maybe it just takes up too much power. And I thought, like, maybe it would be explained at some point. I don't know if I just wasn't watching closely enough and Zed did say it at some point, but it seemed like he never really addressed directly why he wasn't doing Jason also. Uh, Is it just because uh, Jason, uh, Jason wasn't there uh, at first? Zed definitely Ranged. says... I'm going to take away all the other Rangers and make Jason suffer, basically. And Yeah, um, I think it's because yeah. Zed was, like, trying to absolutely demolish, like, demoralize the Rangers as much as possible. Because up until this point, Zed actually has been a smart villain. Like, I, we gave him shit in the mutiny, but I think leading up to Missing Green, Zed has been playing really smart. Because he's essentially been torturing the Green Ranger this whole time because Zordon and Alpha 5, and it seems like everyone else knows that without the Green Ranger, the Rangers can't win. Like, they're just not powerful enough to take down the bosses or whatever. And it plays throughout those episodes constantly because Tommy is the central figure through all of those major canon episodes that we watched up to that point. Where it's like, they win, but they barely win and it's only because the green ranger was able to come in right and so yeah jason is then put into a situation where because all the candles are burning and everyone is trapped right because i think uh what was it goldar yeah, and the and zed trapped the the rangers as well within their dark dimension uh yeah they're now, back in the dimension of doom 
it's that whole it's that place again <laughs> yep and it's up to jason to rescue the rangers and that's basically the premise of the entire episode and you know eventually he comes out on top but you know i'm just gonna say what everybody's been thinking this episode is like the best episode of not only jason but i think it might be one of the best episodes we've ever watched so far I think this is like a 10. I think in in perspective of like in the context of like watching the show and watching all these canon episodes or whatever, using our filler guide and everything. This is like a 10 out of 10 episode. I, w I would damn near say this is like a 10 out of 10 episode. I would go, um, I think out of context, like if you don't know the character development, and you're just catching it on TV or whatever. It's like a nine. Right. But I think like when I think back to the character development of Jason, like. This has serious character development for Jason. Jason actively is like, I feel like trash because yeah. I could not stop Tommy from losing his powers back during the green candle arc. And yeah. he actively feels remorseful. Zordon's telling him, listen, there's nothing you could have done. And in one fell swoop, in they this like in any other time during Mighty Morphin, this would be like a two parter. This would be like a two parter episode with a couple of like Bulk and Skull segments and a couple of like Goldar dragging his heels and stuff like that. But the fact that they condensed it all down into one episode made it super tight, super fantastic, and I I loved it. I loved it. I loved every minute of this episode. It's definitely tight storytelling, which is important. And yeah, it's, I would say, you know, the Green Candle part two or part one, even like both of those, I was tempted to say were like, those were like runner ups, I think is what I said for season one, you know? Yeah. And like, and it was in part because of like Jason actually doing a little bit of real character development. And this is like the end. It's like the close of that arc in a way, finally. And it is like it's Jason's best moment and it's cool. Also, from just like we've talked a lot about the storytelling, but just from like a fighting and stuff perspective, the Dragon Zord and Warrior mode uh, fighting the Golden Pipe monster is a good fight. The Dragon Zord and Warrior mode is cool in general. So, like, I think it's just a pretty hype episode. I think the Dragon Zord in Warrior mode is the best Zord. But I think, like, him being in warrior mode makes him only cooler. And the problem is, there's no toys. There's there's it, no toys of this. There is one toy that was released in 1994 when this season aired. That That's literally it. And it's a shame because the amount of cool shit that the, the, the Dragon Zord does when it goes into warrior mode in this episode is just... It's a work of art. It's a fucking work of art, dude. I'm not usually that hype about the fights, as anybody who listens to the show knows. I'm usually here talking about the story, but that fight was hype. <laughs> it was doing like crazy javelin shit. It was it was really awesome. I I I for sure loved it. Briggs, what did you think? Yeah, I thought it was cool. It's a great episode. I think again with the A plot with uh, Bulk and Skull uh, trying to find out who the uh, who the Power Rangers uh, were. And of course, uh, the B plot of uh, Jason uh, being hung up about uh, the Green Rangers uh, power and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that plot development, actually. Thank you so much for reminding me. 
This is one of your You're favorite welcome. parts about the season, actually, Kennedy, is Bulk and Skulls yeah. trying to find out who the Power Rangers are. Important character development, actually. Yeah, for, for real. No, since they're uh, in other episodes, they're more of a, a, a comic relief character. They actually have something to do this season, which is fucking great. And speaking of uh, uh, Bulk and Skull, a later episode we're going to discuss. <laughs> but I'll mention it there. <laughs> but but it's it, it's fucking great. I will say, Kennedy, like I, I don't uh, I don't think you might have noticed this, um, Briggs, just because you're you're just watching these episodes. Yeah. Bulk lost a lot of weight. Really? Oh, for sure. Yeah, he lost like a good like fifty pounds. He is not as big. I'll like huge props to him, but he he really like changed it around and he lost like a good fifty pounds. Because he is considerably less big in in this season than he is in previous seasons, and not only that, but because their their character development changes from being like the comic relief to like being like kind of sort of the comic relief, but also like the humanizing character that we're supposed to like kind of sort of self insert as like child detectives, right, or teenage detectives. Um, I think yeah. that that's really really cool because that character development to them makes them more enticing to watch on screen because although it's like played out right it's like ooh these are the heroes with secret identities it's bulk and skull like finding out these these identities literally all they have with them is uh, infinite cash flow from their rich parents or at least bulk's rich parents <laughs> I have a, a, a dark uh, theory about uh, Balkan calling in case anyone's interested. What's... Oh, now you gotta tell us. <laughs> now you gotta tell us. Since they're uh, uh, called Balkan Skull and they're always wearing, what is it, leather or whatever the fuck, and uh, they're the meanies, basically the bullies, I, I, I'm uh, uh, thinking they're much like how uh, Disney villains are, are queer-coded, I think uh, Bulk and Skull are Nazi-coded. <laughs> well, that does kind of track with my theory on Skull. This is the episode before the fall, right? So this is like, in the context of the season, this is the episode where it's like, this is their, their last grace before <laughs> devastation. Or at least their second to last grace before devastation. Because after this, we get into the white light. Yeah. And this is the second, I think I've, I have been on record to say that this is the second biggest moment of Power Rangers in the 90s, which was the Cute. fact that you can have other Power Rangers, not only that are outside of like the RGB spectrum, but you can have it as the white ranger. And this was something that I could, you know... This is that 90s racial blindness all over again. <laughs> because it's like... What's wrong the, with the White Power Ranger? <laughs> <laughs> they, they correct this in later, later shows where when they introduce a white-looking ranger, they call it the Silver Ranger or something <laughs> like that. Gold Ranger. Yeah. Yeah. Nice but, safe. Yeah. But um, for, for this show, they were like, yeah, the White Ranger. So this is the arc where it's revealed, but I specifically picked part one, and I didn't pick part two. We'll get into the reason why I picked part one. So part one, uh, basically Zed is out here 
he's devised a new plan to destroy the Power Rangers because, of course. And he sets up this, like, sort of weird monster that we don't really know what it is. But there's two simultaneous plots going on. So uh, one is Zed puts out a statue in the middle of the field that is leaking green goo. Come. And it's there. And it's there. I guess it's their school statue or whatever with the raised fist. So, you know, Marxism mm. has won. And it has a like weird face creature on the back of it that they're all kind of like, ah, what the fuck is this? We don't know what it is. But putties are out to get us. And the other side plot is, is that Rita's dumpster has been has hit Earth somehow. Even though Zed launched Rita in the opposite direction, she comes crawling back. Let me tell you, well, no, let me tell <laughs> Just you. Just when happened, I think okay? I'm out. Lord Zed has never played Kerbal Space Program. He doesn't understand how <laughs> orbital mechanics work. So he thinks if you just throw a thing hard enough, it just goes forever in space. But of course, that's not how gravity operates. But have so you ever considered his happened, power level? <laughs> so what actually happens is Rita's trash can, you know, eventually it goes far enough out that, you know, it's it's slowed down just enough that the sun's gravity picks it back up. It comes swinging back around and it just... Whoosh, right into earth and you know lord zed just needed to you know take take one advanced physics class to understand this but uh apparently he didn't think that was worth his time fucking idiot <laughs> props <laughs> Pro <laughs> Pro <laughs> <laughs> Props to uh, Vulcan Skull. Bulk has found the hidden location of the command center, it seems like, or at least the outside fields of the command center, because Rita's dumpster lands there for some odd reason. And Bulk is like, but prior to the, the landing, Bulk and Skull are like, hey, we're going to actually stake out this command center looking area. And then Rita lands there and they look at it and they're like, well, this is a weird object. And they somehow are able to just carry something that's probably like 500 degrees Fahrenheit, even with rubber gloves. Like, I can't see that being safe at all, but is able to carry this like probably two ton dumpster, compact dumpster into their workshop and they begin trying to open it up. So you have two plot lines going on of Zed fucking up. Um, the Rangers with their with his monster of the week that they can't seem to be able to destroy because guess what? Tommy's not there. So because Tommy's not there, Zed Zed's only been getting his ass handed to him by the Green Ranger. And I think it's understood. I think this is the episode. Actually, no. There's a prior episode to this where Zed openly talks about the morphing grid. So Zed yeah. has an understanding. Yeah of the morphing grid and how it works just like zordon is just like zordon does so he knows if he keeps attacking the green ranger zordon cannot keep recharging the green ranger or else you know zordon will potentially lose like access to the grid or there'll be severe repercussions to the grid so right which is how we ended up in the missing green situation exactly um and and I was going to mention, too, on the subject of Tommy being missing, at the end of Missing Green, Tommy is writing a letter to send to 
uh, Jason and the other Rangers, basically saying that he's like, I love you guys. I don't blame you for anything. I just am in my feelings. I'm going to go spend some time, you know, doing Zen meditation or something like that. Like, and, uh, you know, I'll be I'll be away for a while. So this is I just want to mention this because you said like Tommy's missing. It's like Tommy's on his own sabbatical, basically. So like uh, not only is he missing as a ranger, but like he's missing as their friend. And like it's it's getting to them on every level. Right. And, you know, because this is a utopian world, mental health is taken care of in their universal health care. So like right. he's in like a rehabilitation center with like an outdoor tennis court and all this other stuff. And he's chilling. He's a 17 year old. He's chilling. He's just like, you know what, guys, I went through a really traumatic event. I need to take time off. And he's so the drinking school, sparkling water, he's writing poetry. It's going good. The school is giving him like a, a one month break. Briggs is trying to hold it all together. And <laughs> <laughs> this is an important to note, actually. Tommy writes that letter on the dirt ground with white pants on. If that isn't proof that they live in a post-scarcity economy, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so that was your foreshadowing speaking event. Of that, speaking of that letter, especially in combination with Jason later in the episodes, doing that competition that he wins, by the way, Jason looking very well. He's yeah, everyone's it, improved their martial arts across the board, but it, it kind of sort of seems like now that Jason can can do martial arts without assistance. He's looking like fucking, like he grinded. He grinded fuck, during the off the off time in between the 60 episode <laughs> seasons. Jason found excellent uh, uh, steroids. He he's just looking amazing. But <laughs> back, back back to the uh, uh, letter. So uh, Tommy was uh, writing that letter, and probably and for some reason they look at him uh, writing that uh, that letter, and it's probably an analogy for a, a suicide letter because later in that episode, when when uh, Jason wins uh, the competition, he he says, uh, uh, "This one's for you, uh, Tommy, <laughs> wherever you are." Like that's not what you say to a living person. That's <laughs> wherever you are. That that's something you no, say it's, about it's, a dead person. No, I think it's like Grab said. It's like he's in a rehab center, you know. And it's like it's <laughs> like when Earl Sweatshirt was missing from Odd Future. This is a reference that like only three listeners will get probably. Yeah. Um. But uh, like the rest of his bandmates are like, you know, shout out to Earl wherever you are. And it's like it turns out he was just in like a boarding school and his parents were just trying to get him to stop doing so much drugs and stuff. It's still you know? free Earl. But like, <laughs> uh, it's like that kind of situation in my mind where they're just like, they're just like, Tommy, we hope you get over your PTSD. Whatever rehab center, we know we're not allowed to contact you because it's bad. You know, it's bad for your therapeutic it's journey. It's disturbing your uh, healing process. <laughs> right. It's not good for your ego. That Tommy we still have doing, powers uh, and you don't. And you contributed the most to our team. If anything, I, th I thought Tommy's letter was more like a breakup letter. He's like, I don't regret anything. You guys are, are, are still good people. You know, <laughs> it's a whole uh, the whole episode is a, an analogy for erectile dysfunction, Power Rangers losing uh, their powers. 
no, no. As soon as this candle uh, uh, isn't isn't lit anymore, we lose all our powers. The candle no, the smaller. Exactly. It, it's not it's a scented firm. candle. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, back okay. To, back to the uh, back to oh, white light. To the part white light. one. Yes. Fast forwarding back to the future, <laughs> past or whatever. Sure. Um, <laughs> so, so in days of future past, the Power Rangers get fucked up by the Freak of the Week again, which is again I want to say a transformation of a statue that was oozing goo. But they get fucked up while they're in their Bushido uh, Megazord that, like we said, we just do not like at all. And even in these scenes here, they're not doing much. Like, it's just, it's it's recorded in such a way, and it's because they ran out of footage, but they had to introduce new Zords. They could introduce new costumes, but they had to introduce new Zords. So what ends up happening is, is that, like, the Zords aren't on the same scene for most of the enemies that we see. So they do yeah. this weird, like, video splicing shit that happens. They get fucked up, and they, warp, they, of course, retreat back to the command center as the monster rampages throughout the city. At this point, we're treated to two really good scenes. Bulk and Skull opening up the dumpster and Rita getting out. And then Billy goes back to the command center. And it's directed oh, like, yeah. by the director of Aliens because it's filmed like a horror movie. Billy comes back to the command yeah, center yeah. and he's like, what's going on? Why is Alpha 5 and Zordon not here? And... It, it has these weird, like, Dutch uneasy angles. Billy ends up finding this white portal that leads into the secret part of the command center. He crawls over to this vent, and he sees this ranger suit being worked on. This white with a gold and black chest piece ranger suit. And he's like, whoa, what is that? The music in the background and everything is so horror movie style. <laughs> All of a sudden, like, he says it like, this is amazing. And then it says, da, 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 to be continued. Da, da, da. Uh, alien autopsy vibes. Yeah. And yeah. almost like, now that we know Tommy is the White Ranger, right? Like, spoiler alert, Tommy's the White Ranger. <laughs> oh, damn it. Alpha 5 is like working on this suit as if it's a body. Because in this episode, Tommy is in the beach and he kind of sort of like gets teleported out of there half naked. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind of implied that Alpha 5 is working on Tommy like Frankenstein, like with the suit on and everything to make sure they're like fully compatible and fused. It, yeah, it's, it's straight up like horror-esque. I love it. I, I love this episode. I think it's fantastic. I almost gave the nod to part two of White Light, but I do think that part one was the stronger episode. This is where Kennedy yeah. and I uh, didn't agree on this because Kennedy's episode fight, was fight, different. Fight. But Kennedy, what did you think on well, it? I, yeah, I wanted to actually draw attention, first of all, to one more scene in White Light at part one, actually, that I think is worth making a note of. Um, which is that, um, so Zed's monster-making method is different than Rita's. Um, it's supposed to be stronger, but we have we, we discover in this episode a weakness. Um, and this is a little bit important just to the Rangers, like, starting to get an upper hand on Zed in general. And, like, this is, like, kind of following some of the same beats 
in a sense as like as the Rangers started to actually sort of not just fight the fires that Rita was starting, but start to like actually go after her in a way um, more directly and like, you know, like push back. It's like this is a push a pushback moment with Zed because when they find the statue that's leaking the green goo, Zed freaks out because the whole thing with his monster making method is he's making monsters out of stuff that's already on Earth. But the more powerful his monster is, the longer it needs to like sort of incubate, you know, out of whatever object or animal or whatever he chooses. So like he freaks out when they find the statue because like they're getting the upper hand on him in a sense. Um, and, uh, he, he manages to turn it back around on them, but it's still an important moment of like, I, I feel like this is, uh, the first moment in season two, probably where like the power dynamic starts to shift where like from the introduction of Lord Zed, it's like, this guy's more powerful than Rita. He's kicking our butt a lot. He's really like, he's getting inside our heads He's a very difficult villain. And like, this is a, a little like hint because the, of course the white ranger himself will of course be this huge boon in starting to push back against Zed in a meaningful way. But I feel like this is also an important hint scene where they're like, oh, hey, we found Zed's transforming statue and we kind of realized what this is. Um, and Zed freaks out, like I said. So I thought that was really important. Um, as far as everything else goes, yeah, it's a great episode. The end scene, like you say, um, incredible cinematography, just a really great, one of the best scenes in the whole season of Billy discovering, uh, and I agree completely, Tommy's in that suit. He's in the suit. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. You see his um, leg jerk. Like, his legs jerk and everything. It's not, so this comes back it's not to a, our... like, a, a, like a... A painless procedure or anything, you know. I would imagine they have Tommy in like some sort of, you know, coma or something like an induced coma while this all happens. But yeah, no, dude, he's, to Tommy's he's in that zen. fucking suit. <laughs> he's just, um, this, I don't think he's that goes, strong. This goes back to our theorizing about the suits and Briggs. You'll have to get in on this because, like, we're now at a whole new point of theorizing about what the suits are, oh, um, on, which is on. like. It seems like, okay, so the suits are not like a, an anamorphs, like trans, something you transform into completely because you could take the helmet off. But yeah. uh, it seems like the suits do integrate with your body somehow. That's like my new theory is that like when, when you morph into the suit, the suit is like plugging into like maybe like your muscles and organs and shit. I don't even know. But it's like it is it is tapping into you and your nervous system directly. That's my new theory. Yeah, yeah, kinda. I guess if that's really Tommy uh, uh, there on the table, then like if it's just a suit, then why would he need to be on the table? Uh, there's probably some transfer ritual they um, they need to go through. So yeah, maybe it's uh, indeed uh, integrating or acclimating uh, uh, to uh, Tommy's body or whatever. Yeah. But also uh, about the end, the, uh, um, about the end of the episode, it's it's a great end of the episode. It really makes you want to see the next episode. It's yeah, it, it's a it's a great cliffhanger. I, I've noted like a lot of part ones before or episodes where I seem to like episodes. I guess I'm a bit of a masochist, but I seem to like episodes where the Power Rangers are absolutely getting shit on. This isn't an episode <laughs> where they're like, completely, 
Yeah, this is an episode where they're like completely getting shit on, but um, it's an episode where they're having doubts about being able to win. And they're they're kind of at this crosswords where they seem to be calm, but there's that uneasiness of like, hey, we need to figure this out and we need to figure this out fast. And you really do feel like that in this episode because I mean, you'll you'll get treated to scenes where like all of them are like sweating. Like they're out in like 90 degree heat, fighting off putties and everything, and they look exhausted and they're they're panicking almost. So I, I think it was an excellently uh, produced episode for sure. It was written really well too. I think the yeah. the I will say the, the the statue with the green goo and the the faces in the back that that kind of stuff always kind of trips me up because they'll have episodes where you'll just like they'll take a a trophy to like a, a tournament and then that'll be the monster of the week or in in Kennedy's case it'll be a kaleidoscope. That, oh, what's that episode again? Uh, where uh, uh, the hangout uh, spot uh, ha- had a game uh, where the uh, pachinko machine, red, red, yeah, the pachinko machine. Oh yeah. my god, <laughs> this is like back to back. We've had people mention the pachinko machine, everyone loves that. Isn't there a recurring monster? Yeah, oh, we all Amazing. we all love pachinko over here in America, it's, it's a fantastic. Uh, gambling game. It's extremely so popular. Pachinko, by the way. It's a game of chance um, where like balls have to fall within a specific hole to get a, a prized reward. Basically, or they're bi- like, basically uh, uh, encouraging uh, children to gamble. Yes. Yes. Uh, it's, awesome. it's an anti gambling. Yeah. It's an anti gambling episode, mind you. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. That's fair. Uh, that's fair. A pachinko machine is basically a cooler slot machine. Yes. Like, that's, it's like, it's the same kind of, like, I'm pulling a lever for, like, a a, a random chance of something to happen. But instead yeah. of just some wheels spinning around with symbols on it, it's like a crazy, like, you know, balls falling, pinball, like, you know, impossible machine kind of thing, you know, where you're just, like, watching all this stuff happen, and it's exciting. That's That's all it is, though. Sounds cool. Sounds cool. Kennedy's second favorite episode that he picked was when a ranger is not a ranger. When is a ranger not a ranger is a very interesting episode. I, I want to say, first of all, this is we've touched on this several times, but I think Bolt and Skull trying to discover the Power Rangers identity is one of the best plot points of season two and just trying to learn more about the Power Rangers in general. And and so when is a ranger not a ranger kind of is the culmination of their investigation to the up to this point in a way it's it's like an important episode for their development as characters it's also one of the few episodes after the rangers changed lineup that isn't like unforgivably awful um because <laughs> like uh, a lot of the episodes after the rangers change lineup are, are just kind of bad uh, and this one is fine i i didn't find that the new rangers were uh like that bad there's a little bit of crummy acting in this episode but it's not that disruptive there's a kaleidoscope monster his name's scatterbrain and he scatters your brain remember when when grab said that mind control is like the strongest thing in power rangers universe it's yeah. probably true so um yeah it, there's multiple uh episodes where fucking 
people are hypnotized or uh, in this case, no, I don't know anything anymore. This is the first episode where I was like, right, Adam, I really liked Adam because (laughs) he's the he's the Black Ranger now instead of Zach. Which, yeah, yeah. Like I said, and Adam's all right. Yeah, yeah. Adam's pretty good. Like, I'm just gonna throw this out there. I didn't have a problem with the new Rangers. I didn't have a I, problem with them personally. I had a problem with how they were introduced. And in this yeah. episode specifically, it went to show that the new Rangers aren't bad. They're not bad actors. They're not bad fighters or anything like that. It's just the way it happened. And like this episode went to prove. At least to me, at least that like, yeah, that's right. Adam is pretty sick because Adam actually makes it all the way to, I think he makes it to, to uh, Turbo. So he's yeah, I believe so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's he's a really strong actor. Like, and clearly yeah. the fans love them, and I could see why. He's he's a great guy. Yeah, uh, uh, the Black Ranger. I uh, he seems very sympathetic. Yeah, I don't know. I he, I like him very much. Yeah. I think I would have preferred him as the Red Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, I don't like the new Red Ranger, to be honest. But it's uh, that might be because of the Pachinko Machine episode. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, no, um, uh, the Red Ranger. For some reason, they replaced the actor. And in this, and I'm I'm going to talk about in the context within this episode, just because we have to do our season review after this. But in the context of this episode, he's just like he just goes with the flow. He doesn't ex- exhibit any leadership qualities at all in this episode. Adam has more leadership qualities than he does. Yeah. He almost seems like a pushover. He's just like, yeah, man, I'm here. Like, you need an I, extra I, body? I just want to say, none of the Rangers turn out to have been, like, terrible actors in the long run or anything, but the transition to the new squad is just very awkward. A lot of the writing around this stuff is kind of poor like as it goes on and these characters get to be in like the later seasons and stuff they're not so bad i mean we've talked before about the fact that jason is one of the weakest characters replacing him is not really a big deal you know and like zach is the strongest character that gets replaced but as we're saying he gets replaced by adam who is like the strongest new ranger so it's like it's not really as much of a letdown as it could be otherwise so yeah, and and I think they all this is like like I said, this is like the first time that they really shine because most of the end of season 2, they don't really shine that much. But this episode is pretty strong. And so Scatterbrain is he's a he's a mind scrambler. He makes you an amnesiac. Um in the meantime, Bulk and Skull, they're determined to stake out the Rangers and catch one of them morphing. Um which is actually like brilliant. And when we talk about the fact that like Bulk and Skull, you know, they're like trying to figure out who the Rangers are is like a, a sort of well-worn trope. A lot of times the characters doing this trope of like trying to find out who the superhero are seem to have no smart plan to figure this out whatsoever. Like they have no compelling plans to discover who these people are. Bulk and Skull are actually coming up with good plans. They're like, we're going to figure this out. We're doing some serious investigation here. So they're determined to, to stake out the act of morphing. It's, it's, it's actually like becoming like a problem for the, 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 the teens because they're like, they, they're now aware that they kind of have to 
be careful around bulk and skull now you know like they normally act pretty cavalier about just like whatever but it's like not anymore so basically things just like start getting rough with the scatterbrain situation the new rangers have to step up a little bit to try to help because the old rangers are are scatterbrain they have no idea what's going on they don't know who they are they don't know what a power ranger is they don't know what anything is they hate and, consumerism in the case of Kimberly. <laughs> right. It just kind of gets more complicated from here. The other rangers try to help. They get scatterbrained. And then Bulk and Skull kind of save the day. Um, yeah, they have their uh, Hercule Satan uh, moment. Yeah. Actually, uh, that's that's a fantastic... Yeah, that's a fantastic comparison. Wow, dude. That was, that was great. You're welcome. So basically, Bulk and Skull have these prisms that they use to reflect the beams to restore the Power Rangers' memory from uh, Scatterbrain's attack. But their own memories do still get wiped in the process. So they briefly learn who the Power Rangers are, but they do not get to keep that precious knowledge. Um, which is fine, because of course that keeps the whole thing going uh, and all of that. But uh, it is like... a there, you do get to have that at least brief moment where they discover who the Power Rangers are and they're like, it's those guys, you know, like a little bit of that kind yeah. of one of those moments where they're like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> they're the guys wearing a single color for like every day. <laughs> the kid who wears red every day is the Red Ranger. What? what the fuck? <laughs> red and uh, blue and yellow and pink and white and black what they're the power rangers um and this this also the end of this episode is this continues the like bulk and skull are, are are just you know sort of being more redeemed they're really becoming more of like they're friends of the kids in the rangers not bullies or enemies like they're yeah. friends you know they're, they're on like positive terms at a certain point not yet but they're they're getting closer to that point at the end of this episode and so what's happening is bulk and skull are trying to brag about saving the power rangers to people at the juice bar and no one will hear it because it's bulk and skull they're like what are you talking about you guys are always full of shit you know um but uh kimberly and aisha just like walk up and are like hey we believe you and it's just like a cute and then bulk and skull ruin it by like hitting on them and they're like you know buzz off creeps um but before before they get shut down for being incels maybe this um, is my chance th there is hey, they went for it man they went for it you you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take that's yes you know shoot your shot um <laughs> but, uh, parallel universe uh, uh, bulk and skull went on a date with him they still blew it. There's no universe where the date goes well, by the way. Um, no, no, but there is a universe where they get the date. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> but but it is like a it, it, before they blow it, there is this sweet moment of like, hey, like we're we're being friendly with these people that we've always had this antagonistic relationship with. And I think just in terms of like we occasionally like to talk about the positive morals of the show, since it is a kid's show. And like the fact that the Rangers and Bulk and Skull over time like reconcile their differences and learn to get along, I think is a great lesson. I think another thing yeah. too, there there's two other things to to grab from here, which is that like 
it goes to show that even if you don't have powers, you can still help, right? Yeah. Which is an important lesson. And another yeah. thing I would like to bring up that I think dragged the episode down for me was the ending. Because had Kimberly and Aisha showed up in the pink and yellow outfits and uh, like met them outside and said, thank you for saving us, it would have meant the fucking world to them. And be like, even though people won't believe you, you did you did save us. Like that would have been awesome, you know. I think that that Bulk and Skull deserved deserved better. But it no, was be the best character development for Bulk and Skull so far. And you're right, it is like a fantastic episode just on that that stuff alone. And yeah, I, I, props to Bulk and Skull, man. Like they didn't sit around or anything. You know, it's not like they lucked into saving the power rangers necessarily right like they looked into a couple of aspects about it right like getting the prisms and and fighting and warding them off but it was through their determination their essentially their hard work i hate to, to say it like that but you know they studied the blade they studied you know how to do all <laughs> of these things and so they they put in the time and the effort to figure out this identity and they were rewarded with it Unfortunately, you know, the villain of the week was like, hey, uh, you're going to be an amnesiac now for plot convenience, you know? But I, I agree. I think it was a fantastic episode. I think it's another one of those, hey, I think this is an 8 out of 10 episode, and my episode picks are 9 out of 10s or 10 out of 10s. But now I just got to keep in mind going forward that whenever I have an episode in my head that I think is an 8 out of 10, I'm like, that's Kennedy's pick right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the eight out of ten with the great story features. That's the one that I'm gonna pick. <laughs> yeah, my my man's but all about a... the story, all about the character development. He doesn't care about the graphics. Plays video games for the story. No, but it's a great episode. Also, again, maybe they were experimenting with uh, camera work because uh, the stare down between Bulk and Skull and uh, the monster of the week. They, I think they really tried um, going for that uh, uh, spaghetti western um, type of uh, uh, close uh, close-ups. Uh, it really reminded me of uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in the West, where uh, yeah, them uh, wearing what was it, the uh, cowboy outfits and uh, sweating. So it really it reminded me of that. And uh, they even I, had the tumbleweed. Uh, I'm not sure if you caught yeah, that, yeah, but yeah. they had the tumbleweed mm -hmm. yeah, go across yeah. the screen. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah it was and, great. It was great. Yeah, and uh, as you said, uh, that not all battles are uh, won with uh, power alone. That was also in a previous uh, Tommy episode with uh, the Dark Rangers, I think it was, where uh, Tommy traveled uh, in time to tell, uh, to uh, give himself a pep talk. Uh, it was an earlier episode, I think. Uh, so yeah, episodes where uh, the fight is won uh, by, uh, in a way, not Rangers. Uh, they're great. Yeah. Well, they and are. that's kind of a theme of the season, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It's because they um, had to. It, they were forced <laughs> to, because a yeah. lot of this stuff is filmed. It, here in the states like a lot of the yeah. footage is in the states like yeah they do splice in the japanese stuff for like the big monsters and stuff but a lot of these yeah. scenes take place where they're at right now like on location right right mm. um but yeah i mean like just that's a 
a theme of the season because that's also something going back to missing green is that, uh, you know, the Rangers are kind of talking about the fact that Jason needs Tommy not for his powers, but for his friendship. Yeah. You know, that like he he can't he can't lead as effectively without Tommy's advice and like guidance, uh, regardless of whether or not Tommy can morph and has his award and all of that stuff, you know. Um, and so, yeah, I think, but I think this episode in particular, it's like, so this is kind of an overarching theme of the whole season. And as we've discussed before, one of the things that makes Power Rangers incredible compared to a lot of other television of its time are these type of overarching themes is the fact that there's so much continuity and like clarity to, of like, of like purpose within like a lot of this stuff where these same ideas come back over and over again. So, you know, with that in mind, like I just felt like when is a ranger, not a ranger, really stood out as like a pinnacle moment of like important storytelling in the context of the season. Yeah. And unfortunately, all good things must come to an end because here we are going to discuss our mutually agreed upon worst episode of the season, <laughs> worst episode of the series, according to um, other people uh, on the internet. But yeah, man, this is, this is fucking this is fucking terrible. Uh, I'm talking about... Got a lot to say about this episode. <laughs> I'm talking about the ninja encounter, specifically part one. And this is where <sighs> shit goes off the rails. And it's all because of Savin being an asshole and not wanting to pay the rangers more. So for... First for up... For context, I want to say um, the big thing was Jason. They were doing like 80 to 100 hour weeks of filming, according to the behind the scenes stuff. And Jason. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And J not, 60 not. episodes in one season, dude. What do you expect? <laughs> Fair, but fucking 100. Yeah. And they were getting set pay per week. So he was getting paid like $600 a week, which is no chump change back in in uh, 1993 but when you put it into the context of like 80 to 100 hours he was getting paid yeah. six dollars an hour to eight dollars an hour and he's like a tv star right yeah like power rangers is the oh, biggest thing in the world shit. yeah so it was not good at all so because of that sabin was like oh okay we're just gonna get new people now to take your role and this also happened with Trini and Zach. And apparently Zach, before he even went to the negotiations about it, they were already telling him he was being let go and that they were getting a new wow. guy. So, yeah, it was it was yeah. really, really fucked up. Uh, yeah, Trini, fucked. Trini as well also got, got screwed in this part. Uh, rest in peace. So we get treated to three new Rangers. And my God, this episode... Just Again, these characters will eventually prove themselves, but you could hardly have a worse introduction, I feel like, for three new characters that are that are going to be the new heroes. Three, not even that. I would even say in the context of like Power Rangers being coming new Power Rangers, I'm talking about becoming three new superheroes. Just in the context of introducing any superhero in general, this is the worst I've ever seen. I've read some dog shit comics, right? From like amateur comic writers. I've read some of the worst comics in the world. I have never, I have never seen 
a bunch of teenagers prove themselves to be as powerful or as athletically fit as other superheroes by rollerblading to a baby carriage going down a like thousand foot hill it seems like i i wish i could say that this episode had more right to talk about but realistically like maybe three things happened in this episode you it's have dog pride. yeah you, you you have this ninja tournament going on in angel grove that for some reason the angel grove high school is not really a part of it's most like it's mostly between these two other high schools and one of them features these three uh, teenagers who are in white outfits and these three teenagers who are in black outfits. And the ones in the white outfits are the good guys. And the one in the black outfits are the, are the bad guys. Wow. Old Western trick. Yes. And apparently the black outfitted um, ninjas are these bad teenagers, right? Which we've kind of seen in previous episodes where, like, you'll, you'll see the Power Rangers come up to like bullies or something like that, like out of town bullies or just mysterious bullies pulling out of nowhere. And they're just going, Hey, we're too cool to be bullied. And the bullies are like, Oh fuck dude, we're screwed. And in this one, they're, they're just a bunch of jerks. We get introduced to these three teenagers where the ones in the white uniforms, they're friendly. They're nice. You have Tommy, Kimberly and Billy going up to them going like, Hey guys, how are you doing today? <laughs> oh, you guys are also into martial arts? We are too. We have so much in common. Let's be friends. And like this whole, it just, it just feels forced. It feels trite. It's not good. You wonder the whole time. I'm like, where is Zach? Where is Jason? Where's Trini? And then we get treated to like outdoorsy scene or whatever where the the rangers are hanging out and all this other stuff one of the teachers to the the stony brook high school or whatever that's also on like the outskirts of angel grove has a kid and his kid you know he's holding his kid or whatever he puts him in the carriage he gets distracted by something and the kid's carriage just fucking flies we we see uh, uh the baby carriage cuffing a, a motorcycle and the dad almost gets uh, beat up by like three uh, uh, bikers, which would have been amazing. <laughs> I want to see the bikers beating the shit out of that dad whilst uh, uh, the baby carriage uh, rolls down a hill. I, I'm just shocked by how long the baby carriage scene is. Can I just say? It's so long. <laughs> For real, though. It's so fucking long. Yeah, it's like so this baby carriage scene, it's not, like, it's not like 30 seconds, right? And it just drags. No, 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 no. no this scene is like so long. five minutes out of a 20-minute episode. And this whole time, they just keep splicing. They just keep fucking splicing footage of the new teenagers who are in the white who are in the white outfits they just keep splicing them just like fucking rollerblading to catch the baby you have tommy kimberly Which, and Billy. by the way it's not a baby it's a toddler it's not a baby it's a toddler it's a fucking it's a toddler yes. every everyone calls uh, calls it a baby it's a fucking toddler it's not a baby so and, I, I, I just, fell into the trap. I'm sorry. I just I had to do it. I had to do it. Okay, so uh, this episode of the Power Rangers is just under 20 minutes long. It's like 19 minutes 53 seconds. 
Um, uh, the baby scene starts at like just after the three minute mark, basically like three minutes, 15 seconds. And it goes oh. until just after the seven minute mark. So oh, four, minutes, <laughs> four minutes out of this 20 minute episode of Power Fucking Rangers 20%. is is a baby rolling down a hill in a stroller and all of, and, of the and, episode and, and, and everybody failing to do something about it for the most part and the power rangers and like the new power rangers eventually stopping it in just a really really not spectacular way but the new, but the new power don't rangers skull and bolt yeah they they also uh, try to catch up uh, to the not baby they, yep yeah, there yeah. exists a timeline they where they fail. caught up before the Rangers and they became the new Rangers. <laughs> not only that, but after that, uh, they probably went on a date with uh, uh, with uh, Aisha and Kimberly. That's right. That's right. Like, I'm, I'm kind of getting the events jumbled up, but it really doesn't matter the events in which this stuff happens. Because it symbolically, symbolically, the new rangers who are on rollerblades and Tommy Kimber team TKB catch up to them by running or catch up to the the baby by running like that's supposed to be symbolically equal just as like athletically fit and all this other stuff and I'm like you got fucking wheels what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> if I'm going down a hill on rollerblades I'm going faster than wheels. how most people run like just just on just on principle so it's just like, and then that's when it clicks in my head and I go, oh, fuck. This is when they, this is how they introduce the new Rangers. And it's so lame. It's so lame. It's so, it sucks it, yeah, so hard. It's, it's just bad. And I just want to say, like, a lot of season two is questionable. But the reason why I ultimately agreed with Grav on this being the worst episode is because, again, so much hinges on this episode. This is, <laughs> this is the biggest moment of change in the season so far and there's been other big changes like the thunder zords and you know like tommy losing his powers and all this stuff it's like this is still this is bigger than all of that we're changing the lineup of the rangers for the first time not that isn't just adding tommy like you know that was one lineup change but that was just a new person you know, we're yeah. we're we're taking away some of the characters that we've been following all this time and replacing them with new ones. Huge, huge deal. And yet, and yet, this is what they do with it. This is their this is their like how they're gonna handle it. like by comparison, going back to season one for just a second, by comparison to Green with Evil, which is how Tommy is introduced, this is pathetic. Tommy's introduction is incredible. The every scene we see of Tommy, first of all, it's not one long stupid scene. We get in Green with Evil, we get like three different like scenes of Tommy being heroic before like he's even really been like properly introduced hardly or like anything's really happened. Um so rather than just having this one like weird long awkward quote unquote scene of heroism it's like we see tommy do a bunch of cool shit right at the beginning of green with evil they could have done that so easily you know just like had the same kind of thing here where it's like we got to see these people each like be in their element in some way doing something actually cool instead it's like 
they're roller skating down the hill for four minutes to catch a baby and it's the stupidest thing i've ever seen and then they're in a ninja tournament and that's also the rolling the Um, rollerblading (laughs) happens before the actual tournament itself yeah yes and like it's it's fucking lame and then like like towards the end uh towards the end um of this episode they get captured and they get thrown in prison by goldar because they beat the shitty team the the ones who are acting like jerks and zed is like well, I don't want the almost as good. I want the best. So yeah. the theory is, is that he can submit them into mind control of sorts and get and they can give up their free will to Zed after being imprisoned and tortured for who knows how long, right? And eventually Zed can use them as tools to defeat the Power Rangers, an idea that he wants to explore, in which he says out loud um, in a later episode. In this episode specifically, when they get captured, the teacher also gets captured. Aisha specifically says, we should probably do something to get out of here and figure out a way. And the teacher, who's a white moderate, says, no, don't rock the boat. <laughs> the teacher is like, we need to vote Goldar out. Yeah. <laughs> we can't, we can't no, protest wait a minute. our way out wait of a minute, this. Sir. <laughs> um, also, right before they get captured, that's the peace the peace summit thing, right? No, the peace summit's next episode. Oh, is it the next episode? It's the next. Oh, okay. It's the. It's after the the ninja the ninja quest. It's right after. It. My bad. Yeah, you're good. You're good. Uh, and again, that I would love to talk I about. I can't that in the keep future. all this stuff together in season two. Well, season two is weird and bad. It's so, and, yeah, it's so weird. But because the ninja, the it's because the ninja the encounter. Like, like if we, like, I know we're getting caught up here and we'll talk about it in depth in the next episode, but like, this is how bad it is. The ninja encounter is so terrible that the ninja encounter plus, what is it? The, the summit episodes, the UN summit episodes and the, uh, power transfer episodes are all bad. They're not good episodes. None of them are good. And it just gets worse. And the, like... This is the worst episode well, I starting say off. I would gets worse. The power transfer is better than this. The power transfer is better, but it's not, like, much better. We're talking, like, episodes that are, like, 5 out of 10s. It doesn't do enough to wash away the, the absolute trash that we had to watch in, in the Ninja Encounter. Speaking of the uh, Peace Conference, at one point uh, you see uh, uh, the three rangers getting out of a taxi and uh, you see Zordon vision and I love the idea of uh, Zordon having uh, contracted the guy from uh, Scarface to blow up uh, their taxi (laughs) in in front of the peace conference (laughs) like I wish I wish we could say more about this ninja encounter episode but the episode literally is I have something more to say go for it what is it we're glossing over the most important part, namely uh, Bulk and Skull uh, uh, rearing the nut baby. Apparently, fucking, uh, 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 they're uh, taking care of uh, the nut baby, and we just see the baby is like has been crying the entire episode while filming, and just the uh, few seconds where it's not crying, they're 
filming his uh, his face and uh, in the episode uh, uh, two uh, girls walk past while they're uh, trying to uh, make him eat I think and they're like oh uh, uh, we're not trying to take care of this uh, 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 parentless child we're talking about the game because as some young listeners might not know fellas uh, gay panic exists fellas is it gay to rear a child? <laughs> <laughs> is it gay, is it gay to, to hold rear a, baby? a child with your homies? <laughs> <laughs> what if what if we raised a baby and we were both boys? I I think <laughs> uh, the game, the game, uh, football, football. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Yeah, that this the ninja encounter, very bad. It's such a great episode. It's such a great episode. <laughs> okay, out of out of ratings, I don't even think. But that's the thing, right? Like, I can I can see like ironically liking like a really bad product to the point where like it comes out good, right? Uh, I can't name anything off the top of the head because I don't think about that stuff often. Um, but uh, I like I guess in my terms, like. I don't know. No, no, no. Because I actually think that's really good. Never mind. I'm not gonna put that opinion out there just yet. Uh, <laughs> but, sure. uh, but um, I, I like. I don't even think this is like so bad. It's good. It's just. It's just bad. It's just terrible. Right. It, there've been other episodes of the Power Rangers that were bad, but at least I found joy watching them because they're kind of funny. This was not fun. We don't even get like and, Megazord fighting. We don't get Megazord fighting. No. We don't get the transformation sequences. Normally, I'm able to like gloss over bad scared. episodes by just watching the Megazord fights and just going, ah, yeah, that's a nice palate cleanser. But no, 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 no. Th this doesn't have that either. This doesn't have that. The only like, um, you get treated to some like putty fights where the ranger, uh, where the new rangers get stomped. But does that even happen in part one? I don't think that. I think that's part. Not two. in part one. I think. They're yeah, chained. That's yeah, you're right. I, I think it's just uh, uh, the <laughs> baby stroller. Then it's the tournament. Yeah, nothing happens and, in this episode. Anyways. And then people get kidnapped. <laughs> but the whole episode, they everything they they don't accomplish any of the goals it should accomplish. Like you have three new uh, new uh, people, not rangers yet. You have three new people. You have to introduce them and like. How, uh, how better to do that than with a crying child <laughs> who isn't a baby but everybody refers to him as a baby yeah and, and so the only fighting you get is that ninja tournament and i mean yeah. it's not like this ninja tournament ain't like you know tommy versus jason levels or something like no, that no no it is nowhere near that this is this like isn't even as good as the time bulk and skull brought the rent and ninjas yeah it's not even as good as that it's just okay it's just passable and like i, I want to say this what would you rate this episode out of 10 <laughs> a one <laughs> Like I'm going two. with two. So I originally, I'm gonna be the bad guy here. Uh, I guess, I guess, like eight I, out of ten. No, no, I guess, like <laughs> I originally was gonna give it a two. Like I was like, this does have like canon. This does have things that matter because it does introduce 
Aisha, Adam, and and the, the and? guy the guy who plays the Red Ranger. Yeah. What, what's his name? Oh, yeah, yeah. Rocky. Uh, is it Rocky? What is Rocky? No, it's not Rocky. Yeah, Rocky. Rocky DeSantos is the character's name. No fucking yeah. way. Right? No fucking way. It sounds okay. Sounds right. Ra yeah, Rocky DeSantos. Boom. Wow. It's Rocky. For for <laughs> Wait, a teenager so... not for a teenager named Rocky who replaces the Red Ranger, he is so forgettable. <laughs> Sorry to Rocky DeSantos fans. But yeah, so like there is there is that merit of like okay, you know, you could like you could say like just on that it's worth like two points, but no, like even that I'd rather you just just no, just watch like part two and then just like get the like oh this is what happened previously on Power Rangers esque style like beginning to part two, you know what I'm saying? And then yeah. and then go from there because part one has just no value whatsoever. I think in my eyes it's actually a non-starter. It's like a zero. There, there's Ooh, nothing. There's nothing. Of there's nothing of value here. Um, I would say like yeah. for canon reasons, sure, right? It's it, it is a canon episode technically, but it's a non-starter. It's a zero. Ugh. It really feels like they should have uh, they should have taken the power transfer, which by comparison is okay. Good fights, some other positive aspects. They should have just taken the power transfer, made it a three-parter, add a part one, a new part one to the power transfer that introduces these characters for the first time, uh, and 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 make them actually look cool. And don't even bother with this ninja encounter three-parter because as even though it gets better from this point, like this first part is the worst part. It's bad. This whole three-part episode is just bad. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I could come up with, like, a... You know how they, like, do Star Wars edits? Like, you'll see, like, fans do Star Wars yeah. edits where they'll take, like, yeah. the three prequels and put them into one, like, two-and-a-half-hour movie. Or um, they they do stuff like that, right? Uh, Tobey Maguire, yeah. I think, was the most famous one to, like, <clears throat> edit episode one to three and make it into one cohesive, mo like, 90-minute movie. And every and mm. he gave like a private screening in his own home, and everybody was like, "It's beautiful." I could do that. I could do that with like <laughs> the ninja encounter, plus the what is it? The ninja encounter plus um, a monster of global proportions, Zed waves, and mm -hmm. the power transfer. I could like cut all of those episodes and make it into like a sixty-minute short movie, and it would be better than what Sabin did here. I'm pretty and like this is from someone who doesn't have much video editing experience. Like I I've I've video edited like YouTube videos and stuff before, but I'm sure I could come up with something better than what they put out. It's just it's yeah. just not good. But with that being said, Briggs, now that you've revisited some of the best and some of the well, the absolute worst, um, what did you think about this rewatch? Are you willing to like go back to Power Rangers and keep watching or what? Pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, uh, besides, uh, of course, uh, the baby episode, which isn't the baby. But, like, uh, the other, uh, other episodes, I, uh, I could uh, pretty much get into them. Yeah. Do you think this still holds up, like, pretty well? And taking into context that this was made in, like, 1994? Uh, adjusted for inflation, uh, I, I think... Uh, <laughs> 
it's it's a it's a, a pretty okay. I, I think uh, you could uh, watch it with a bunch of friends uh, if if there were also um, uh, into Power Rangers back then. Yeah, I, I think it would be cool for um, maybe an evening uh, watch a few episodes. So yeah, highly recommend it while uh, under the influence by any means. It's it's a fantastic <laughs> experience. I'm sure that's how Kennedy watches it as well. Uh, what are you Watch, about? Watching the baby episodes uh, while being oh, dude, that drunk. that sobered me so fucking hard. <laughs> I was yeah, like you can't seven be intoxicated minutes, enough. Yeah, I was like seven minutes deep, and I was like, I need more. This is not enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> go ahead. Really quick, do we want to rate the the best episodes? Yeah, so I think That's the last thing we uh, do. Sure. Yeah, so um, I guess I guess I did forget to rate the best episode. So I think in my eyes, Missing Green is like, like I said, it's a ten, or it's a ten if you take into account like you've watched all of the episodes. On its own, it's like a nine. White Light Part One is like a nine as well. Um, when a when is a ranger not a ranger is an eight. I will say it's an eight. Briggs, what do you think? Yeah, uh, Missing Green is. Uh, pretty cool. By the way, uh, with, uh, with the episode, uh, uh, Mission Green, at one point, Goldar, I think its name, he teleports away. And then later when the, I think it was the Red Ranger, when he tries to uh, uh, go away, somehow Goldar uh, uh, turns up again and is like... You thought you uh, you were going to uh, get away that easily, and then the Red Ranger is like, "Yes, punch," <laughs> and then goes away. I, I, what was the point of that <laughs> that part? It happens. I don't... It's just sobbing, <laughs> splicing, jank. It just happens sometimes. You just the, roll with the, the continuity punches. errors were much worse in season one. I encourage you to go back and watch. Uh, a little bit of a season one at some point just to see just to see how bad it was then because like they eventually kind of iron this out somewhat and they're getting better in season two so it's like it doesn't shock me as much personally which is why i didn't draw attention to it but yeah there's definitely still continuity errors in season two sometimes and things of that nature (laughs) yeah half my media consumption nowadays is power rangers so like When, when you have that, when you when you've got Power Rangers on the brain, you just yeah, you just kind of gloss over that type of stuff all the time. <laughs> so exactly. I, I guess for me, Missing Green is like definitely like a nine out of ten. There's a couple of small parts in the middle where it drags in certain scenes, but like these are just individual like short scenes. This isn't like you know the majority of the episode is like really high quality. The writing is smart. The themes are smart, you know. So yeah, that's 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 like a big winner. Um, for me, when is a ranger not a ranger is also a nine out of ten for sure. Uh, I'm basically gonna be slightly reverse of grab here, I think, because for me, it's like those are my nines, and then I think white light is probably more like. If I could give both parts a rating, I would rate it more favorably, to be honest. Because both parts as a whole are are really fantastic, but only having half of it to rate, there are some highs, but there's also a few lows to me. So it's more like an eight or maybe even a seven point five. If I'm being real, like it's just like 
it's building to something, but it's not really as compelling as these other two episodes to me in terms of like the themes and things. Uh, and instead, it's like what stands out the most is just like a few really incredible scenes more than anything else, I think. Briggs, what are your ratings? Uh, well, I love when a ranger uh, is not a ranger just be because of that, uh, um, because uh, Bulk at Skull uh, saving the day, basically. So that is, uh, um, let's say, 9 out of a 10. Missing Green, not ha having seen uh, pre previous episodes, uh, the candle thing, like, I got it, what the point was, but I didn't uh, get the significance of it. Sure. Like the apparently uh, the uh, Rita Repulsa uh, stuff in season one you were mentioning, I didn't get that. So it was like uh, kind of sure. So that's more of a, a eight or a seven out of ten for me. And then let's see, uh, White Light. Oh yeah, yeah, that's awesome ending. I I think uh, eight or nine out of ten. That it was an awesome ending. Just, All right, Kennedy, just whole... you're getting booted. All right, Briggs, you're going to be the new uh, co-host to Sentai <laughs> Truther Club. Uh, <laughs> Briggs, is I there... I told you I was getting fired today. I said it. I, <laughs> I said it earlier. <laughs> um... <laughs> and then your badge and your gun. <laughs> Briggs, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, what would you like to plug? Well, I th I'd like to uh, thank my uh, friend, uh, Christine, uh, for uh, letting me uh, borrow her Netflix. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, What's your Twitter? At, uh, at Brick Sanders. Right. B-R-I-G Sanders. Awesome. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Briggs. I appreciate it, man. And I, we will see you guys in the next Sentai Truther Club. Rangers, thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to rate our podcast five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them. And as always, you can find Kennedy and I on Twitter. I am at Gravcast and Kennedy is at Kennedy T. Cooper. Stay safe, Rangers, and may the power protect you.